Hey there, uh, this is the Fitness Idiot, a title I regret. Uh, probably going to change it soon to the Fitness Guru, might be better. Um, depends on how I get on really speaking to these many, many professionals that I have lined up into the future. Um, yeah, this is like the third attempt at recording this because every other time I have totally screwed it up. So, let me see, some housekeeping rules in relation to this. I ramble quite a lot. Um, that's probably why I picked this format to express myself, because there's only me here at the moment, and there's no one to stop me from doing it. So I can ramble on as, like Led Zeppelin, really. Uh, okay, so the reason I'm talking here today is because I was thinking quite a bit about time-restricted eating uh, based off of the information I got from Dr. Rhonda Patrick's interview on the Joe Rogan podcast. She is a really interesting person. So knowledgeable. I mean, knowledge levels uh, insane, right? Uh, and I loved listening to her. But she is kind of an advocate for the time-restricted eating concept. Um, and I had tried to do this quite some time ago. You can probably hear a bus in the background. I don't know. Um, it's impossible to get silence when you live in a city. Uh, so I'll put some snazzy background music on and you can, uh, we'll edit that out. I'll get my producer, wink wink, to edit it out later. Um, so, where was I? Dr. Rhonda Patrick, time-restricted eating. Yeah, so that whole COVID-19 thing that recently happened gave me a perfect opportunity to revisit a time-restricted eating plan or the possibility of one. Um, what I had done in the past was basically try to do it tried to do it at an eight-hour schedule, like intermittent fasting, I would have called it at that point. Um, couldn't do it because it was bloody hard, like really bloody hard. So I wasn't able. Uh, and I wasn't able because, look, you go to work. You've got a work schedule. You've got a breakfast. You've got lunch, whatever it is. You've got those time that you spend with your colleagues, etc., etc. And those things are hardwired into your brain. And so your brain goes, here, it's eight o'clock, or it's half eight, I need you to take me downstairs to get a coffee, talk shit for a few minutes, and maybe eat a bowl of porridge. And that happens all the time. So if you're working from a time-restricted eating schedule and you're starting at, let's say, 9 a.m., that causes some issues. So with the old COVID there, what happened? Uh, I didn't have to go to work. <laughs> I still had to work, but I didn't have to go to the office. Uh, and so I implemented a plan to uh, give Dr. Patrick's uh, diet a go. I don't want to say diet, let's say eating plan. Um, now, why did I do this? Very simple reason. We didn't have a scale for about a year. So using the old eye technique, I figured... Yeah, you're not looking too bad. Um, using the scientific weighing technique uh, from a digital scales 
told me that was a damn lie and I was around two kilos heavier than I was um, before I'd last weighed myself, which was a surprise. Now, this is why, this is one of those reasons why I want to uh, do this podcast and talk to professional people, right? Because I have no bloody idea about the science. I have a rudimentary understanding of what it is that's happening in my body. Um, I know how I feel, and that's probably my main guiding point. Uh, but, for example, why am I bringing this up? Last year I ran a marathon, first marathon ever. Thank you. Uh, don't get too excited. It was 5 hours 30. It was uh, absolute shambles from beginning to end. But my bloody mindedness took me over the finish line. And that was it. Uh, so I didn't impress myself or anybody else really. Uh, and wow, I had to walk down the stairs backwards for like four days. It was insane. Um, anyway, so yes, last year started doing some running. A lot more running than normal, right? Let's say three to four times a week. Mostly it was three. Um, I'm a pretty bad runner and I kept injuring myself. Um, so I expected to lose weight and I kind of stopped doing weight training. I used to be big into lifting weights, um, which is why previously I was around 83 kilos and thought, yeah, that's good because I wanted more weight. More weight equaled more muscle and it generally looked fine. Stomach wasn't too bad. Muscles looked relatively healthy, and I was happy. Wanted to do a triathlon. Did a triathlon a couple of years ago now. It was only a sprint triathlon, but I got into it, did it, injured myself, uh, got two. Um, I got two stress fractures, one in each hip. It was fantastic because I just was such a non-runner. I just broke myself so severely all the time. So I got. What did I get? Hip, uh, two stress fractures in the hips. Then I was getting the shin splints. Um, uh, poor running form, really. I went to a really good guy, can't remember his name, um, in the Santry, Santry Sports Clinic. So for anyone who's not from Ireland, which is clearly where I'm from, um, that's a really good medical hospital specifically for sports related injuries um, and the guy just said look you're not doing anything fundamentally wrong except for look at this and I, he showed me a video of myself and I, Jesus I looked woeful you think you look like Kipchoge or somebody and actually you look like a duck who's falling and I think <laughs> that's, that's what I thought of myself good my glutes didn't move my heels didn't kick up, my legs didn't go backwards. Jeez, I looked like an old man running. I was like, oh my God, this is a disgrace. And I wasn't an old man at that point. Um, it was three years ago. So, yeah, bring it back to the point. I was fat uh, without knowing that I was fat. Uh, so I didn't like that too much. Um, and so when I... God almighty, where was I? Went off the boil there. Um, as I mentioned, I will I will do this from time to time. Um, 
yeah, so ran the marathon, was terrible. Running, yes, okay, sorry. Just backtrack there a little bit. I was running. I thought running will help me to lose weight. It clearly didn't. Um, and probably down to a lot of factors. One, I think that things like high intensity training, the HIT high intensity, high intensity interval training, right? That's really good. But I stopped doing that. I stopped doing boxing. I used to do boxing. I used to punch that boxing bag unmercifully and I had a great time doing it. And I used to do all of that stuff. So I stopped that, focused on the running and my body suffered to quite a degree because that, um, that muscle tissue, it didn't waste away. I'm not going to say it went away, but it was definitely less uh, pronounced. Um, I don't know. And this is one of the things I don't know if my muscle tissue just turns to fat after uh, neglect if it atrophies like I should know but I don't don't know for sure um, there, there's a question I'm gonna mark that down ask this question um, so yeah long story short ran the marathon marathon was terrible Q February whatever it was this year got the scales got up with the scales 85.2 kilos from 83 which I assumed I was bit of a shock jumped into Dr. Rhonda Patrick's time-restricted eating plan, because that, actually that's what I started talking about. Went off on a bit of a tangent there. Um, jumped into the time-restricted eating plan, and then I, uh, yeah, and totally nailed it. Uh, end of story. Uh, no, sorry. Um, basically, I set myself the task of eating in a 10 hour window right i think i understood that i was eating too much um and in eating too much you think that when you're running you need more calories your watch tells you it says here you burnt 2000 calories there go and have a pizza you know um but actually that's not the case you know, there's things like you've got so you've got what 1500 calories of carbohydrate or glycogen usage i should say in your body at any given moment right depending on your carbohydrate intake from the day before for example um and so actually you could potentially use that first before you start hitting the calorie caloric deficit that would allow you to eat more right so let's say you burnt 2000 calories but you already had 1500 calories available that means you really only burnt 500 or you had a deficit of 500 so you just need to make up that shortfall but if you look at it on your watch and your watch goes congratulations you just ran 10 kilometers you burnt a thousand calories you're like happy days i'm off down to the pub um which is clearly the wrong way to think about it uh so yeah obviously that was my thought process from time to time i ate a lot of jellies drank a lot of sports drinks a lot of sugar um not the best thing but thinking it was i mean i did it with reasonable intention um uh so something had to change so around about march i started the 10 hour eating plan i went to i basically just 
started eating at nine and stopped at seven. And I immediately doing that cut out around 400 calories per day by not having that pre-bed snack, which I had had for years. And it could have been like a Greek yogurt, a bit of pineapple, some honey, right? Relatively, you know, innocuous, healthy, I would say. I wasn't eating crisps or cookies or cookies, biscuits, you know, but it was, it was I thought it was a protein, muscle building, plus whatever, <laughs> whatever pineapple has sugar. Um, and then I thought, yeah, that's great. Uh, stopping eating at seven, immediately, boom, I'm cutting out calories. So just to basically get to the end of the results section, I lost weight. I lost like three kilos. Um, I was down to 82.5 kilos at one point. I was like, Jesus, that's amazing. And you, theoretically, you could probably put that down to the cutting out of the calories, right? And I haven't done the maths because I hate maths. And I really haven't figured it out. But you could if you wanted to do that. Um, I think. Maybe not you, but if I wanted to, I could reasonably just say, ah, yeah, sure, look, if I just cut out that meal. The thing about cutting out one meal a day is that if you're still in the mode of eating till nine or half eight or whatever your brain is a bit of a bastard and it'll try it force you to eat something because it thinks that that's the way to do it um and so what happened or what i found happened was once i told my brain no nah, you're not eating past 7 p.m so get used to that my brain said yeah that's fine eventually and just didn't bother me anymore until nine o'clock the next day ah absolute revelation i think this is called increased insulin sensitivity uh, or i think this is maybe a byproduct of that if i read uh, i'm happy to be corrected though by an actual professional um but yeah so shocking shock upon shock lost weight didn't feel hungry. Stop feeling hangry. And I don't know if anyone has felt this in the past, but uh, I used to get pretty bloody irritable after a couple of hours if I hadn't eaten anything. And that's not a good way to be. I shouldn't have to eat at 6 a.m., then eat every three hours until 8 a.m. I mean, come on. Surely I can regulate myself enough not to be such a savage. And the truth of it is that I actually can, um, or I did. I just kept between that window, didn't have any extended cheat days where I would allow myself to eat past seven. I just stopped eating at seven, started eating at nine, even when I was having a few beers or whatever, didn't eat. Um, and just a side note on that, beer is cheating. It's still carbohydrate. What are you talking about? You may be saying. Yeah, you're right, uh, but <laughs> I took the liberty of suggesting that nah, it's fine, don't worry about it. Because I did the exact same thing in the morning with coffee. I'll wake up at six or half six every day. That's quite a significant time to wait to eat. And particularly when you're like me, who's thoroughly, hopelessly addicted to caffeine, you need your coffee in the morning. So I will eat, I will get up straight away and have two double espressos, right? 
um, and that's what I do. This is my only um, deviation from Dr. Patrick's plan. I gave myself that opportunity. The trouble with that is what it does is it, it kickstarts your digestive process straight away, right? Um, and because it kickstarts your digestive process straight away, that could be damaging. But ultimately, I have to I have to live. Can't live without coffee. Otherwise, I'm just getting up at nine every day, and that's that. And I can't do that either. So, um, I made a deal with myself. That was the deal, and then I stuck to everything else very rigidly. Um, and it worked. I was amazed. I actually have physical proof, evidence of it. Um, because I just tracked it all every time I weighed myself I put it into my Garmin uh, app and it just went down now it went up recently but I put that down to um, an increase in doing weight training and recently adding swimming to my daily route or my weekly routine um, but I haven't had any increase really in um, in food intake which is so weird, so weird. I Running, you know, when we weren't allowed outside, I didn't really do a lot of running. Did a lot of kettlebells, uh, which I would have expected my muscle mass to have increased at that point. Did kettlebells, did yoga, right? Um, then we were allowed outside again, I did a bit more running, nothing too crazy, just kept it ticking over. Um, I've increased my training load recently, and that increase is not had a direct impact on my overall food consumption. So I haven't seen uh, me eating more as a result of me training more. I'm really putting, which is the opposite of what I previously did. I used to be hungry. I mean, if I went for a 15K run, I was ravenous. And I took the opportunity to eat, right? So now I'm kind of more aware that, hey, you don't need to eat. You probably didn't burn as many calories as you think you did. You don't need to go bananas on the uh, jellies or whatever else it is. Um, so, long story short, if you're struggling like I was to ever lose weight, and I mean I don't think I ever I don't think I brought this point up. I did not. I was never really able to lose weight. Gain it, sure. I always put that down to the muscle mass. Um, but I was never really able to lose it. And I have actually, I've always been 83 kilos, right? Or there, thereabouts. Or maybe I just imagined it and just didn't weigh myself properly. You, you can be the judge of that. Um, but I always put myself in around 83, 84. 85, that's horrendously high. Um, and then I got down to 82. I was like, ah, yes, amazing. 82 is the pinnacle of my weight loss achievement ever. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend trying it. It's not the worst thing. I thought in the back of my mind that when I read Dr. Patrick's website, I only recently did it because I was writing that article, I read the website and she actually doesn't, she does a 10 hour eating window herself. I was like, ah, what? I thought she recommended six. And there I thought I was, going super conservative but it turns out i was doing what she does herself now she doesn't do the coffee thing she has a lot cleaner i would say for want of a better word diet than i do um but 
you know, I don't eat badly. Uh, the only things that I allow myself are beer, right? don't even drink a lot of wine anymore. But craft beer, mm, I just can't not have it. So that's problematic. But anyway, that's my other uh, cross to bear. But yeah, my only real vice would be the craft beer and the caffeine. And after that, I live a relatively healthy monk-like life. Um, so yeah, I would encourage anyone to give it a go. See what happens. Now, okay, maybe I shouldn't. I need to understand what I'm doing here. I am talking to myself, but you might be listening. And if you are listening, I'm not a doctor. So don't actually take my advice to heart. That worked for me. I don't know if, I don't know what your situation is. So maybe just check if you're concerned with a medical professional before you do anything. Please do not listen to a non-professional, non-doctor, etc. If you're looking for uh, dietary nutritional advice. Okay, I'm just saying that's what works for me. Um, yeah, so that's a little tale about it. Dr. Rhonda Patrick is her name. Uh, can't remember her website, but you'll find her if you just search for Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A, Patrick, I think, if you're Irish, which you probably will be. Um, you know how to spell Patrick, right? Uh, and see if that works for you. Because I think one of the key, was one of the takeaways for me was not the weight loss. That was a revelation and a bit of a shock because I thought, how can I lose weight when I'm drinking beer and eating barbecue? By the way, I bought a barbecue in the lockdown uh, and ate a lot of meat. It didn't make sense, but the results were there, so I can't argue with it. Um, but the, the ability to withstand time away from eating was, has been the biggest one. No more hangry. My family do not suffer my irritability. Um, I am able to control my hunger pangs or my urges to eat way better than I used to. Uh, and I just sometimes slip into like a maybe eight hour, six hour eating window and I don't feel, I don't have a problem. What I used to, and this, is a, this thought just occurred to me, what I used to do was I used to have this weird bloated feeling um, where my stomach felt like it was expanding if I didn't eat for a certain amount of time. I have not had that in three months. That's weird. I mean, it's not weird. There's probably some science behind it. It's not witchcraft, but it's interesting. Maybe that's a better word. Uh, so yeah. And on that ponderous note, I'll probably just stop talking now. I've actually been talking for 25 minutes which is good or not i'm not sure um let's see I'll, give me a, give me a month i'll be talking directly into your ear for two and a half hours no breaks okay if you listened just know that i appreciate you thank you <laughs>